brand new with us today, can we just clap and welcome you as well? Thank you for being here today. If you're watching online, man, we just want to say thank you for watching online. It is, how many know, it is better in the house. Can I get an amen, right? Yeah. It is better in the house. And it feels good in here today. And so I just want to commend you guys. Thank you for your faithfulness, man. Thank you uh, for loving your church, loving your city. How many know where sin abounds, grace abounds much more? And this is great city in Jesus' mighty name. Uh, my name's Jeremy, and so real quick, I have uh, a beautiful uh, family. Uh, can we go, is there a picture right there? And there's my, there's my wife and my son. And uh, my, my wife's name's Lindsay. This is my son, Levi. Levi's name means united uh, with Christ. And so that's my boy. He is nine years old. And uh, you see he's wearing a Green Bay uh, Packer hat. So today I want to talk about rebellion. <laughs> I want to talk about rebellion and um, maybe, uh, maybe not now, maybe next time I come back. Uh, but uh, how many know? Come on, go Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah. yeah, there we go. There's my Raiders people right there, right? I said that in my church. I was like, Las Vegas Raiders. They went, boo. I was like, ah, I don't know, because they really like Oakland, you know? And so this is my wife and my son. And uh, man, I'm excited what God's going to do uh, here at, at Walk Church, what God, God is doing in you guys and through you guys. Let's start my countdown timer. But there is, I love this series. Uh, I love this series. That hits different. And uh, when uh, Pastor Hyde had said that, I said, there is a scripture verse that's been hitting differently for me. There's a scripture verse that even, and these are the words of Jesus. And so if you got your Bibles out, get your Bibles out to Matthew chapter 6. If you all have your Bibles out, get your iPhones out. Come on. Get your iPhones out. Download that YouVersion app. Take notes. Use Facebook right now. Open up a Facebook post and say, I'm at Walk Church, uh, the greatest church in Las Vegas. And uh, I want you to put down with, with the second greatest pastor today. And I want you to put your notes even in the, in the Facebook post, Instagram as well. You can follow us at, at Walk Church. Uh, but go to Matthew chapter 6. And I love this. This has really hit me differently, but as I'm realizing this is the words of Jesus, and when Jesus said these words, it hit them differently. It hit the disciples differently. It hit the Pharisees, the Sadducees differently. So let me read this. Pray then like this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now some of you in this room, you have an art and thigh problem. How many know what I'm talking about? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Come on, somebody. Where are the church people at, right? And so our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. On earth as it is in heaven. How many know I really believe that, yes, Jesus wants us to go to heaven, but I believe there's so much more to life that I want to make a difference, discover my purpose, that I want to bring heaven to my earth. I want to bring heaven to my life. And so here's the next slide. It says, give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we've also forgiven those. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Now, I love this portion of scripture. And so what I want to do is I want to really break this down because my prayer is that you leave here today with the Lord's prayer and you say, boy, that hit different. Man, that hit differently. Because here's the next slide. A lot of us for the Lord's Prayer, this is kind of what we pray. I put about half of it for a reason. And for many of us, we'll just say this or pray this. Maybe you never grew up in church. Maybe you've seen this on a, on a poster or a t-shirt, you know. Maybe you've always seen the Lord's Prayer. And for me, a lot of times we think it's a substitution for, for prayers. Meaning, I've been, at, I've been at prayer meetings 
and I grew up in church, all right? Like, like I got, I, 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 I went from knowing religion to knowing God. <laughs> Amen? And so, I mean, I've been at church services. I have ADD where I would pray and I would go, our Father who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. Oh, this is nice. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. How you doing? Hi, what's up? Yeah. Your will be done on earth. Want to get some hot dogs afterwards? Okay. In heaven. And give us this day. I hope I don't look silly today. I hope I dressed well enough. This, give us this day, our, our daily bread. You know what's happening? This is a substitution and no longer a pattern. It's a substitution, no longer a pattern. What do you mean by that, Jeremy? Meaning, when I now pray, and I got to tell you, it wasn't until this year I really began to pay attention and said, man, that hits different. Now in my prayer time, I say, God, I, I am so grateful that you are my heavenly father. God, I thank you that you love me. I used to pray prayers, Jesus. If you're young in this room, right, and young in the faith, you're like, Jesus, I, I promise you I won't do that again if you bless me. Right? We all prayed that prayer. And now I pray, Jesus, this is Jeremy, whom you love. It changes everything. I thank you that you're my heavenly father. I thank you that you love me. God, I thank you that you want to give me good things. Father, I thank you that you have grace over my life, compassion over my life. God, thank you that your name is so holy. Your name is so good. Father, I thank you. You're not mad at me. You're mad about me. Holy Spirit, this is hitting differently today. God, I want your kingdom to come. Not my kingdom, but your kingdom. I'm not going to step on anybody to get where I need to go. But Father, I pray for your will to be done. Don't let it be my emotions. Don't let it be my feelings. Come on, somebody. But let it be your will. God, I pray close the door. If you're an entrepreneur in this room, God, I pray you begin to close the wrong doors and open the right doors. Because I understand that a closed door is not rejection, but it's a change of direction. It is a new direction. Father, I thank you that a closed door is God's protection. Father, bring heaven to earth. Bring the benefits of heaven into my life. I pray when I go to Target, give me a prophetic word for somebody. God, I pray somebody's in a wheelchair. I'm going to pray over them. Why? Because heaven needs to come to earth and give me my daily bread today. What's happening? It's hitting differently. It's hitting differently. That this is now a pattern and not a substitution. Let me pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you. God, thank you for this incredible church. Thank you for Hyden and Nina. Thank you for the staff, Wes, Wilson, all those that are here today. Father, I thank you for this church. And Holy Spirit, I pray for the, for the, for the atmosphere of California to come into this room and make it like 75 degrees, Lord. I pray we hear the oceans in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody shout it. Amen and amen. Now, um, a couple, probably about a month ago, I spoke at a men's breakfast at another church in town. And at the men's breakfast, I spoke and, and uh, did, a, did a great message. It was powerful. I mean, it was powerful. You know, they just kind of looked at me, but it was powerful, you know. And uh, after the, um, the message, the leaders of the church came up to me and said, Jeremy, that was great. Do you want to join the basketball league? And I was like, what? Now, I know if you look at me, I look like a basketball player, all right? I look like Hayden, right? Probably not. No, I think a lot of times I was like, do, do you think I look like this? Like this guy? Is that, is that me right there? Like I'm 6'6", six, six, you know, a buck 20, and a basketball player. And I said, I don't play basketball, um, but let me, ask my, let me ask my church. So all I did is I went on Instagram, and I just put on Instagram. I didn't even put a post. I didn't even do Facebook. I just did an Instagram story and said, who wants to, uh, is anyone interested in playing basketball? Now, I am not a basketball player. I'm a golfer. All right, I'll golf. I'll uh, uh, once I did a 4K, 
or a 5K uh, marathon, and uh, I just handed out water at the 3K. That's all I did. I didn't even run in it. All right? I was just like, you go. I don't know why you're doing Where are you running from? You know? And, and so I, I put on Instagram. Next thing I know, all right, dudes in the church, I see you. All right? You have a Facebook. You have an Instagram, but you're not commenting. You're not, you ain't like a nothing. But the moment I put on this Facebook uh, basketball team, guys came out of nowhere. They're like, yeah, I'll play. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, so you won't go to serve day, but you play on my basketball team. You know, like, like you won't go to Wednesday night prayer, but oh, there you are. I see you. And uh, don't go to my church. I'm very mean. Okay, I'm kidding. Totally joking. And, and so I said, okay, let's do a team. Next thing I know, I have eight guys. Eight guys from Avenue Church. We're ready. We're doing this. Okay, so I contacted the league and just said, yeah, I got eight guys. Um, let's do this thing. And so uh, I, I put our name in. We have a word for our church called Dunatos. So we are the Dunatos basketball team. And so I got eight guys. They said there could be five guys, substitutions. We have referees. I said, what? Referees? Like, I've, I've only played, like, old fat man league. You know what I mean? Like, show up on a Saturday night, play in your, in your pajamas, literally, you know, and go home. And so there's a league fee. So I paid the league fee. We have referees. Paid the referee fee. Then the league called me back and said, you need uniforms. You need uniforms. I said, you, what? You know, like, I'm like, this is getting pretty deep, you know? So I need uniforms. We need numbers, too, so they can put our stats up. Listen to me. Stats. Stats. So after the first game, it was like, Jeremy, zero. I was like, what are you talking about? I had, but stats. I want to show you this next picture. Here is a picture of me doing something. I think there's a ball right here, right? Like, like but look at this. The drip is real. Come on, somebody. Man, we are, we're 0-5 right now, but we look good. Come on, somebody. 0-5. Oh, sweet Jesus. We play tonight, too. So, Father, I pray we beat Liberate Hoops in Jesus' name. Amen. So we got the jerseys, all that. We had to pay for the jerseys, put our names on the back, all those fun things. I'm in the hallway. Some of you are like, what's the point? I'm in the hallway of Avenue, and one of our guys comes up and goes, uh, hey, Jeremy, here's money for the jersey. I said, oh, man, thank you. My wife walks by, Pastor Lindsay. She walks by, and she goes, um, what's that? And I said, oh, babe, this is for the, uh, for the jerseys, for the basketball team that I've committed to for not one month, but for three months. There's playoffs. And I realized, she said, what? And I realized at that moment, I never told her. I know. I realized at that moment, I never asked her. But some of you in this room is like, I don't tell my wife nothing. Yeah, that's your first wife, okay? The real preacher will be here next week, I promise. But that moment I said, so I want you to do me a favor. I want you to turn and tell your neighbor the topic of my message today, will you forgive me? All right, will you forgive me? Tell your other neighbor, all right, will you forgive me? Now, here's what I love. This hit differently for me. And she did forgive me. She forgave me, I think. I'm, I think, all right? But here's what it is. I love this. Jesus said, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come. But he says this, give us, and I underlined it, this day. Jesus says, guys, this is how we are to pray. Don't pray like them. Pray like this. Okay? Then he said, give us this day our daily bread. This is spiritual and personal needs. Comma, and. I want somebody to see this day. This is going to hit you differently. Give us this day, our daily bread, comma, and forgive us. So, and forgive us, comma, there's no period, as we also have forgiven our debtors. As we've forgiven 
those. This is what this scripture is telling me. Jesus is saying right here, boom, right? We just made a touch screen. Daily, we need forgiveness. And daily, there will always be somebody to forgive. That hit differently, doesn't it? And can I just tell you, forgiveness hits differently when it's for us. We're like, woo, thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. But you know what? It's a whole new level when you say daily, there will always be somebody that I need to forgive. Now, some of you in this room are like, always? Really? Are you going to put always here? Is this, like, is this heresy? Where's hiding at? You know, like, always? I love this. First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins, and he will clean us from all unrighteousness. I love this. Jesus said daily do this. Daily, if you confess, daily I will clean you up. Come on, that's a good place to say amen, right? Daily, I'll forgive you, and daily, I will clean you. Here's what I love. Jesus always forgives. Jesus always forgives. Now, I, love, I, I love what you have here. No God. I love the vision of, of, of Walk Church. No God. Pastor Hyden does want you to know church. He wants you to know Jesus, right? But also find community. Discover your purpose, make a difference. But on top of every one of these banners, it says freedom happens when you know God. Freedom happens when you find community. Can I just encourage you for somebody in this room, you're going, Pastor, uh, I've, I've done it all. I've done all that Walk Church has asked me to do. I'm here. I'm, I'm in a small group. I'm in a group. I got a group. Uh, I, I serve. I've discovered my giftings. I've been through the classes. Man, I, I serve at the next service or whatever, and I'm, 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 I'm doing all that I can, and, and I'm following the, the steps that are to take, but I'm just not free. I'm just not free. Can I encourage you that we need to find forgiveness in order to find freedom? And for me, this hits differently. It hits differently. It hits differently. Because there's so much I want to unpack today. But here's what I love. Jesus said, daily ask for forgiveness and daily always forgive. We are to forgive those. We are to forgive others. I love this. Here's Peter. Now, here's my guy, Peter. I love Peter. Matthew chapter 18. Then Peter came up. And said to Jesus. So Jesus does the Lord's Prayer in Matthew chapter 6. He tells different parables. He does the parable of, of the evil servant, the parable of the man who had depths. He, he does all these different stories. And then in Matthew 18, Peter came to Jesus. And I love this. Peter goes, Lord, Lord, okay, hey, hey, yeah, 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 forgive people. Hallelujah, praise God, right? But God, how often will my brother sit against me and I forgive him? Because daily, yeah, daily forgive people, yeah. How many times? You know what Peter's saying? Peter's saying, how many times do I have to forgive them until I beat them up? Break their kneecaps. Come on, from East Las Vegas. I'm sorry. How many times? Like realistically, how many times do I have to forgive until I get better instead of better? And here's what Peter says, as many as seven times? I love Peter's answer right here. As many as seven times? The Pharisees and the Sadducees, the Mosaic law back then was five. 
If you give them five times, you can do whatever you want against them. If you forgive them five times. So Peter adds two more for good measure. He goes, he didn't say five. He goes, seven? You know talking about seven times? Can I get him seven? And Jesus said to him, I say not seven times, but 77 times. The New King James says seven times 70. Now, can I just tell you, can, and the parents in the room are going to thank me for this. Can I just tell you, Jesus did not come 2,000 years ago to bring common core math. Thank you, Lord. He wasn't here doing a mathematical equation. You know what Jesus was saying when he said this? He said, Peter, I want you, as many times as it takes, you forgive. As many times as it takes, you forgive. Man, that hits differently, doesn't it? Because on Sunday morning, I'll walk into the house and go, yeah, I messed up. Yeah, I, I, I did it again. But thank you that you always forgive me. Or even if I messed up with somebody in this room and say, I screwed up. Forgive me, please. We know they will, right? It's the Christian thing to do. But this hits differently. When Jesus says, as many times as it takes, every single day, you forgive you forgive. Now, can I just kind of pass you just for a second? Sometimes one of the best ways to forgive somebody is you don't walk up to somebody and say, you know, I hear Pastor Jeremy's message today, and I've hated you for the past 10 years, but I forgive you. And they're like, what in the world? Like they had no idea. No, a lot of times we have to forgive them in our heart, in our heart. Yes, there's confrontation in the Bible. Yes, we take somebody and we go meet with that individual. But Jesus said, when you pray, don't pray when others are standing around. Don't pray to be seen. But go in secret and say, Jesus, forgive me. And Jesus, I forgive them. But I really want to challenge somebody here today. Repeated forgiveness may lead to greater distance. Repeated forgiveness may lead to greater distance. Now, I'm going to break this down before you take it somewhere that's like unbiblical, all right? Now, repeated forgiveness means there's somebody in my life I'm always forgiving them. But in the process, sometimes we think forgiveness is reconciliation. Forgive them in your heart. Forgive that person, but you don't need to be best friends with that person. Hyden might have to come back and fix what I said. But many times there's people in your life, I say, I forgive you, I forgive you, but you might have to do Christian mafia. What's that? Slowly move away to find life-giving community and relationships in your life. Repeated forgiveness may lead to greater distance. But I love this in Matthew chapter 6. This is where it hits differently, my friends. Jesus said, after the Lord's Prayer, he says, if you forgive others of their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Woo! Right? Yeah! But, I don't like but to the Bible, all right? I only like Joseph's but, all right? But, that came out wrong. In Genesis chapter 1, he was in the prison, but that, okay, never mind. But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. If I can't forgive them, man, pastor, is this saying God's not going to forgive me? And I've always wrestled with this for years in my Christian life. As a Christ follower, as a pastor, say, man, I, I have to forgive. Because then Jesus won't forgive me. But Ephesians chapter 2, it says, by 
God's grace, through my faith, through trusting, by God's grace, through my faith, I'm saved. And it's not by my works. It's not by things I'm doing. It's not just because I'm good, but it's because I've received Jesus. It is by grace, through faith, that I am now saved. Because God created me for good works. So because Jesus saved me, he placed giftings on the inside of me, so therefore, I'm going to go make a difference. But I'm not going to make a difference to be saved. I'm going to make a difference because I am saved. Right? But here's where I've really begun to break this down. I said, Father, what, what, what is this all about? What's interesting is Jesus said, if you forgive them, I'll forgive you. But if I confess my sins, God is faithful and just. He'll forgive me, but then he'll also clean me. You know what Jesus is really saying? Jesus is saying, if you're unable to forgive, it's a sign that repentance isn't complete. Now, you might be saying, now, don't read too much into this. Like, oh, my goodness. Uh, 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 no, there is a repentance means to change your direction. Repentance means I'm going this way. I'm upset at this person. I don't like this person. And then I repent, Jesus, repent of my sins. I forgive me. I forgive them. I'm changing my direction. I'm changing my mind. I'm changing my mindset. That if we're unable to forgive, I really believe that Jesus is saying, I won't forgive you. Jesus is saying, I can't. I want to heal you. I want to set you free. You know, it's like in worship. Worship was powerful. In worship, I raise my hands. In worship, I shout. Try, I do, I'm white, so I try to do a little. You know, I can't. I can't dance very well, you know. But do you know what a lot of times unforgiveness is like? It's like worshiping like this. Just, just I love you, God. I'm a Christ follower. But when, if I'm unable to forgive them, I'm no longer free I'm bitter. I'm angry. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. But can I just tell you, for some people in this room, I've been to realize that the greater the forgiveness, the greater the grace. The greater the forgiveness, the greater the grace. The greater forgiveness, the greater the grace. You what I love as a pastor. I love those you got a testimony. How many of you I'm talking about, right? I mean, it's just, man, you, 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 you were like, I am the worst. Like when you walked in here, you thought this warehouse was going to set off fire because you're the worst. You what is? The worst get the most. Right? The greater the forgiveness, the greater the grace. First Timothy chapter 1. Here's Paul. Paul's talking to Timothy, and Paul says, the grace of our Lord has poured out on me abundantly. How many know the story of Paul? Paul was once Saul. He was killing Christians. And on the road to Damascus, God knocks him off his horse. And God says, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Not Christians, me. And Paul changes his life, goes from Saul to Paul. And here's Paul. He says, Timothy, listen. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly, along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Here is a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and look at the yellow, of whom I'm the worst. The greater the forgiveness, 
the greater the grace. Can I just tell you, Paul has some sort of revelation. Paul said, man, I got a thorn in my flesh. Man, I'm killing Christians. Man, I am the worst. The greater the forgiveness, the greater the grace. But for that very reason, I would show mercy so that in me, the worst of sinners, Christ Jesus might display his immense patience as an example for those who would believe in him and receive eternal life. Can I just tell you, in this room, you give God a clap. Come on, somebody. Can I just tell you, for the Christ followers in this room, and you got somebody that's close to you, but they're far from God, and you're praying that they repent, you're praying that they receive God's grace and God's forgiveness. You know what this says? That God had patience on Paul, and God has patience for them. Man, he's waiting, and he's waiting. But can I say something I believe really hits different? Is I really believe that forgiven people forgive. The greater the forgiveness, the greater the grace. That while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. When I was still the worst, Jesus died for me. Forgiven people forgive. And right here, the enemy is going to say, no, you don't need to. No, you know what they did. There's people in your life that you, like if we sat down for coffee or, and, and with Hyde and, and you'd be like, here's my story. I would probably go, let's go, I'm from East Las Vegas. Let's go stab him. Let's go stab him. Let's take care of him. It's, I, I, don't, I don't know if I would. But for many of us, we have to realize forgiven people forgive. Forgiven people are free. So here's, a lot, here's the last question for us today. How can I forgive that person? I believe during this message, during this collection of talk, maybe there was a face that you saw. Maybe there's somebody you've been thinking about. And you're going, I, I, I was here to have fun today. You know what I mean? I was here to hear a good word. Like, your word was awesome last week. Enjoy it. Woo! That hit differently. But can I just say, this hits differently too? Maybe you're thinking of a person. Maybe you're thinking of an organization. Maybe you're thinking of a, of a family. Maybe you're thinking of another church, another pastor. Maybe you're thinking of something way, way back that happened years ago. And you say, how can I forgive that person? And can I just tell you, I've been in church a long time. You know what a lot of times the local church says? You say, how do I forgive them? You know what the church says? Just do it. Glory to God. How many of you I'm talking about? Where are all the people with the scars in this room, right? How do I do it? Well, just do it. It says in the Bible, just, just do it. It is so much, it is easier said than done. It's easier said than done. But here's what Matthew chapter 7, so Jesus says right after the Lord's Prayer, talks about unforgiveness and forgiveness. Then he goes like this, guys, listen, you'll recognize them by their fruit. Our grapes gathered from thorn bushes. I love this, all right? Our figs from thistles. So the disciples are like, how do I forgive them? And Jesus is like, grapes come from bushes and apples come from trees. What's he talking about? Like, and Jesus said this, so then every healthy tree bears good fruit. But the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot 
bear bad fruit, nor can a deceased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down, thrown into the fire. Thus, you will recognize them by the fruit. You might be saying in this room, how can I forgive that person? Well, can I just take it, I'm going to take it a, a kind of a different direction. That according to Jesus, I can see a bitter tree and I can see a healthy tree. According to Jesus, I can see your unforgiveness. I can see your unforgiveness. I can look to somebody and say, they're bitter, not necessarily better. I can see people walk into the room with unforgiveness. And can I just tell you, I walk church, I can see people leave the room with total forgiveness and total freedom. But I can see your unforgiveness. Here's, what, here's what's interesting. That was Matthew chapter 7. Then Paul picks it up, and he writes a letter to the church in Galatia. And Paul says, now the works of the flesh are evident. Here's what I can see in the flesh. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry. Idolatry is anything you love more than God. That's what idolatry is. Sorcery, enmity. This is hostility, strife. Here is the fruit of unforgiveness. Strife. Jealousy. Do you know what unforgiveness does for me? Makes me angry. Fits of anger. You don't know what they did. I don't, but God does. Rivalry. It causes divisions. Envy. And Paul begins to talk about other works of the flesh. But then he begins to say, I warned you as I warned you before. Those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. They will not bring heaven into their earth. But then he says this in verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit, but the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Pastor, how can I forgive that person? How can I forgive that organization or that church or that pastor or that leader or that boss or my brother or my sister or my dad or my mom? How? By the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit gives us love and joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against, so, against such things, there is no law. Can I just give you something really deep this morning? I believe forgiveness will set you free from unforgiveness. Wow, that's, that's not very deep. Oh, it's, it's deeper than you think. That when you forgive... Jesus heals you. That when you forgive, the fruits of the flesh are ushered out and the fruit of the Holy Spirit comes in. And can I tell you, I want, I want true forgiveness in this room today. You know what true forgiveness is? You forgive them in your heart. But the next time you see them in the room, how many have ever thought you forgave somebody? Like, I forgive. I forgive that person. And for me, the message is always, my unforgiven person's up here for some reason, all right? Just so you know, I'm not pointing down here. I'm pointing up here. But you're like, I forgive. I forgive them. I forgive them. I forgive them. I unfollow them on Instagram. I muted them on Facebook. I forgive. I'm talking about the true forgiveness. That when you walk into a room and you don't know they're going to be there, and you see them again, and it's not right here, it doesn't hurt no more. 
Jesus can do that. But it's so supernatural. It is only by the Holy Spirit. It is only by God. Forgive me, but I forgive them. Really quick, because my timer froze, and that means the Holy Spirit said, keep going. Hallelujah. But there's two things I've seen. Number one is settled forgiveness. Settled unforgiveness. Now, some of you are reading this in this room, and you're saying, now, uh, Jeremy, you, you did it wrong. It's unsettled unforgiveness. But can I just tell you, 19 years of ministry, I've seen this right here. Settled unforgiveness. You know what that is? Settled unforgiveness is going, I'm content with not forgiving them. I, you know what they did. My small group, no, I'm, I'm going to talk about them every single time. Settled unforgiveness is you are happy and comfortable in your bitterness. And I, I, I have lived this in my own life. By going, man, I did everything right. They did everything wrong. And they hurt me. So I'm settled in that. You know what? You're slowly deteriorating. You're slowly dying on the inside. It's that settled unforgiveness. But the second one is, it's revealed unforgiveness. It's revealed unforgiveness. Revealed unforgiveness for me. It's maybe you were young or maybe you had something traumatic happen to you at a young age. And maybe as a child, maybe you went to counseling. Maybe you went to church. Whatever it was, and you say, I forgive. I forgive. It was a terrible, traumatic experience. But I forgive. But maybe some years have passed. And I'll tell you what, for me, I don't know we're online, but for me, I had a traumatic experience growing up. Got totally healed by Jesus in the local church. Totally set free. But now that I'm an adult, but now that I'm a dad, now that I'm in that person's shoes when I was his age, and now I'm now that person, I take a step back and I go, I forgave. But now that I'm them, how could they do that? Why would they do such a thing to a little boy, to me? I begin to realize, Jesus said, let's heal it. Let's heal it. Let's heal it. That that unforgiveness, man, it was deep down on the inside. I want to heal it. I want to encourage you today that I need to forgive again so I can be free. So I can be free. Do me a favor, will you stand with me, please? And I'm a little unaware of my time. I'm sorry, Pastor West and all that, but will you stand with me, please? And just for privacy's sake, will you do me a favor, just for respect? I'm, we're not going to get weird or anything like that. Will you just bow your heads and close your eyes for me this morning? And I just want to say I'm so grateful that you came today. I'm so grateful that you're here. But maybe there's somebody in your life that you need to forgive. Daily, God, I ask you to forgive me but daily, I forgive them. Maybe there's somebody in this room that you have somebody, a picture, a face, a person, maybe it's an organization, a job, a corporation, whatever it is, and you're saying, I need to forgive them. But the Holy Spirit says, I want to take that anger. I want to take that rage, that bitterness. I want to take it out of you. I want to put it in love. 
joy. I want to heal your heart. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I just want to say as you do that, I'm so grateful that Jesus, that he decided to be like a lamb unto the slaughter. That Jesus decided to allow them to put nails in his hands, nails in his feet. He allowed them to whip him and beat him with a cat of nine tails. To put thorn, a crown of thorn on his, in his, to his skull and to his head. That, the, that he carried the cross to Golgotha. And there he was on a cross. And one of his last words in Luke chapter 23, Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Today, God, they might not even know it. Father, they don't know the pain that they've cost me. But today, I forgive them. So, Heavenly Father, we just ask you today for total forgiveness. Father, I pray today, help us to forgive. Help us to forgive. But if I have out of eye closed, maybe here today, and you're saying, Pastor, I don't know Jesus. May I saw a walk church on Facebook or someone invited me. Can I just tell you, this is a great church to be a part of. But maybe you're here today and I'm just a guest of the house. I'm just a brother in Christ. But maybe you're here today and you're saying, I want to take a step today and accept Jesus as my Lord, as my Savior. Man, that's going to be the first step. Jesus, forgive me so I can forgive them. With every head bowed, every eye closed, let's just pray a prayer. Say, dear Jesus, say thank you for paying for what I did. Say thank you for dying on the cross. Say, Jesus, I repent. Say, forgive me. Be Lord of my life. The best way I know how, I'm going to live for you. Say, I now know I am better. I now know I am healed. I now know I am forgiven. That I am saved. I'm redeemed. I'm a child of God. Come on, everybody, give God a shot today. Come on.